What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Yala. Your thrice weekly podcast where we talk about the hottest news with a touch of what, Terrence? Good old humor. Good old humor, man. Yeah. So today is the 12th day of the. <laughs> No, it's not. It's the fifth day of the tr- what, second, of the second week, week of the first month, month of the of the twenty fourth year, twenty fifth, lah, right? Twenty fifth year, twenty fifth year 20, of twenty fifth year of the third millennium. Yes, yes. How does it feel, Terence? It, excellent. <laughs> like I'm just reminded every day of the in- consequence of my life in relevant to history, lah. Yeah, 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 you, yeah. You remind a, me every day. It's a very sobering <laughs> thought, lah. It's a very sobering thought. It's a very sobering thought. Yeah, that's uh, like yeah, that's half a minute of my life. I'll never get back, lah. Just half thinking a minute through, of your life. thinking through that. But yeah. don't you enjoy those sort of videos where it's like, uh, how big is? The universe, you know, how how long is the the history of the Earth and all that? I do, I do. Actually, yeah, yeah I love I love those. But yeah. that's where the context of us humans, you know, putting our calendar as the most important thing, like Anno Domini before Christ, that kind of thing. <laughs> I'm like, dude, like <laughs> fucking everything existed before us. Uh, We're so inconsequential. But you do realize that if you didn't shit on me doing it the last episode, I wouldn't have done it this episode, right? So this is a life example of the Streisand effect. That is the danger with you. Uh, The moment you you give any constructive criticism about something, you will double down on it rather than like take into feedback, (laughs) take into account. (laughs) Yeah, you double down on it and then you feed it back like three times stronger. What did you say? That's the risk or danger with me? That's the danger. Oh, that's the danger with me. So, so like, you know, I mean, I assume maybe your wife might listen to this once in a while. Uh, uh, yeah, that's one of the things that she needs to be aware of. Actually, no, for the rest I've, of never, her I've life, never heard it? her give that feedback at all. It's just you. La. Because if she gives that feedback, then you'll double down <laughs> some more and maybe quadruple down on on it, on this. So la. why don't you take a page from her book, Terrence? What? That uh, if you know that you say something, I'm just going to double keep down. Quiet, just keep quiet. Just, yeah. <laughs> I'm not saying that that's the approach she takes, okay? Like, I know some people are commenting uh, uh, that oh she she takes all my shit no 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 in fact she calls me out on a lot which is why I married her mm. I I think it was it was quite funny because that time we were, we were talking about you know how overbearing you know some husbands can be to their yeah. wives or that and yeah. I mean then we talked about your wedding then in that same podcast we were talking about the Vietnamese wife uh, the Vietnamese bride choosing Singaporeans and yeah. then the one of the funny comments on that YouTube video was like. Uh yeah, you marry a wife who cannot talk to you is best. You know, like like radio, oh. you can switch off. Uh. <laughs> At first, when I read the comment, I was like, "Is he talking about Harish or is he talking about the Vietnamese bride?" <laughs> no, this this impression. Uh, hello, like I know my wife said she won't come on this podcast, but she if you have met her, she's a lovely person. She is, she is. She is. Yeah, right, no, so I was, yeah. I was not. I was not taking a dig at her. I oh, no, no, saying, I saw some people like, I yeah, can imagine yeah, reading yeah, it. Yeah, I'm yeah, like, yeah. Uh, but yeah. I'm just saying that uh, dealing with you is is that, that's the risk. Uh. It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's a yeah. double-edged sword. Double-edged sword. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah right. We all have flaws, Terrence. We all do. We yeah. all do. Yeah. <laughs> Completely acknowledge. I mean, you got to remember the context of... This is a guy who put his hand on, what, 81 hours on Again, the again I never bring it up. No, nah, I bring Just it up. For it's, record, it's 75 yeah, hours. 70, it's 75. Yeah. It's 75 hours in the... In the on the what uh, on the twelfth day uh, of the eleventh month of the I don't know what you remember second right? day of the eleventh month. <laughs> oh, <see? laughs> My point I mean, exactly. It's, it's November second okay, okay. okay, I don't remember. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. It was around Halloween. Halloween. Yeah, that's yeah, right. Halloween, that's right. Correct. Correct. Yeah. Oh yeah. But yes. Yeah, man. Um. Still, 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 an interesting week, nonetheless. Mm-mm. Right. It's always fun when it's uh, there's a parliamentary sitting during the week because there's always a lot to talk about. Mm. Uh, and this parliamentary sitting, I had no idea, but it makes sense, like It's always the first first week of, mm. of any given month, except June, right? June yeah, is sitting. Yeah. A lot of numbers, like you know, we talked about numbers. There's a lot of numbers going around for various things. Uh. Mm. I liked it that it wasn't just like numbers about uh, GST and all that. It was numbers around a lot of other things. Yeah, or not some yeah. probe or some like yeah. uh, rental issue. It's really legitimately stuff that affects us all. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, both both topics, lah, I guess. Yeah. Right? And allow you to sort of drill into numbers quite a bit. Lah, yeah, right? yeah, 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 correct, correct, correct. That's the beauty of parliamentary settings. Sometimes these details that you would never get otherwise, lah, right, come out during parliamentary settings as well. Lah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm sure yeah. we'll, we'll head back at some point again, lah, right? Yeah. For parliamentary yeah. sitting. Well, when do you think you'll head back? Like, what will make you very excited to head back? Uh, another scandal. Another, actually, like, sex, I mean, of course, that will, that will always be interesting. 
But I think just in general, uh, even like the February one, I don't know when it's going to be because Chinese New Year is the start of mm-hmm. February. Uh, but yeah, just go and get a feel. Okay. Uh, and also like just... We know what is going to be discussed when uh, slightly ahead of time, right? Yeah. So we depend on that. Mm, true. Yeah. For you? Yeah. I think sex scandal may be not, not that exciting already. Uh, it's You want to be there the first time you uh, know, to observe how the president... But after that, you realize, oh, actually, nothing, nothing much. Lah, you know? like, mm. I mean, not like they're going to have a public trial of the person or anything like that. Lah, right? mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we'll see. Lah, we'll see. Yeah. We'll see, man. Yeah. We'll see. Cool. All right. We've got some interesting cool. topics. But before that, yes. what is the regular spiel, Terrence? Um, if you're new to this podcast, or even if you're not new, but you uh-huh. haven't subscribed, please follow and subscribe. If you find value, la, you know, don't do it if you really don't like us. You know, But if you find value in what we do and talk about, uh, or even just entertains you on your long commute home, please consider subscribing. La, you on, YouTube, on YouTube, uh, Spotify, Spotify Apple. Apple. We're almost at 5,000 subscribers for YouTube. Huh? Yes, yeah, 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 right. yeah. And I think some there are some comments that saying that it's criminal that you all are sub five thousand subscribers. Huh? Oh, that's like what we used to get in the early mm, days of Ministry mm, of Funny. Mm, this, uh, it was criminal that you have less than hundred k subscribers. Oh, that kind of thing, oh, eh. oh, yeah, all yeah, right. Yeah. Well, you can change that if you're yeah. listening or watching us. Because you remember when we hit hundred k subscribers for Ministry of Funny, we had a big like celebration video thingy. Oh yeah, we did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So who knows if we allow we did recreate something like that. Again. That is true. I mean, yeah. for the 500th episode, we, we are, you know, thinking, thinking of things. Thinking, yeah. thinking of things. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, in the meantime, some... Uh, no, but, but... Oh yes, correct. The correct. second half. If you uh, want to work with us in any way, yeah. be it as an individual, an intern, an employee, a brand, mm-hmm. uh, just reach out to us at contact at ministryoffunny.com. Mm. Uh, we will always respond, even if it comes, uh, uh, it takes a bit, a bit of a while. Yeah. But yeah, just hit us up. Yeah. Sweet. Okay. Now on to the first topic. Yeah. Bunch of numbers, lah, definitely. Hot topic, right? Yeah. So so basically, the headline essentially mm. um, is everywhere is that uh, WP's Jameis Lim mm. proposes that scam victims should bear no more than 500 or a thousand dollars in losses, a mm. uh, hundred or five hundred dollars of losses if they are subject to a scam, la. Yeah. So that's the headlines everywhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I mean, like, uh, before we dig down into this, I mean, historically, we also spoke about the scam thing with the about the framework, right? That MES yeah. put up. I believe it was episode four, five, seven. Yeah, it was just last, uh, like, last Eight, year, no, sorry, October not, or something, right? No, no, four, five, seven. Uh. Okay, okay. Uh, uh, 452. 452. Yes. 27th October, yeah. And that was with regards to the the regulatory framework la, that mm, the mm. MES put out uh, last yeah. year. Uh, and I think we, we both came away with like saying, okay, you know, this is a step in the right direction. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, but now, Jameis is saying, that's not enough, man. Yeah. That's not enough. The populist strikes again. Yeah, the fucking populist. <laughs> yeah, populist. And I mean, you see that phrase uttered over and over again. Yeah. But but I, I mean, like... um. Like what? What was your initial thought when you saw this this headline? Uh, my initial thought was, uh, hundred to five hundred dollars seems like, wow, very very small amount, uh. Yeah. Cause some of these scam amounts, amount, I mean the the tens of thousands, not hundred thousand dollars kind of thing, uh. mm. So hundred to five hundred dollars seems like a really small amount to that. You know, basically saying that yeah, like, your maximum burden as a scam victim would be $500, right? Yeah. Which, uh, I mean, for if you were the one getting scammed, uh, fucking great, you know? It's, it's, it really limits the amount that you get, you get, you have to pay out for things. Yeah. Um, but I think, yeah, that was my initial thing when I saw it. And how, how about you? What do you, what do you um, think when you heard about it? Yeah, same thing. Same thing also. was like, there, that's almost like, um, I mean, of course, that would be great. Mm, uh, mm. but then what are the consequences of it la? and mm. how will it ever come into play Yeah. Uh, so I mean it, it was debated in parliament between him I think Sylvia Lim chimed in uh, Hazel Poa chimed in Joe Teo also chimed in um, and from what I understand from watching his speech and all is that the $500 max is is with uh, insurance of some sort la, mm. against mm. scams right mm. it's not just saying outright banks should pay anything beyond that Mm. Uh, one of the things he was suggesting is that I mean, okay, at the crux of it, what he was saying is that the framework, uh, even though okay, it's it's um, it, it's a framework, 
it is not the most uh, equal when it comes to the consumer and the bank. When you think about their own influence and access to resources. Yeah. Because uh, yeah. you said it's, it's a 50-50 split, yes, but it, it should be commensurate with like what they can do about it like, to a certain mm-hmm. extent. Uh, that was one argument. And then he did point out that there's not enough incentives for banks to to reduce scams because if they meet all the requirements of the framework, which I think like two or three pillars, then they are, mm. they are absolved. Like. Yeah. Uh, anything else? Anything else that he talked about? Mm. Yeah, I think, yeah, broadly, broadly that covers it. Like, yeah, right? and then the insurance part. Like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but he does, I did listen to it as well, and he does put quite, uh, you know, quite put forth his argument with uh, pretty good analogies or examples. Even like, the right? car analogy, yeah. I don't uh, understand the car analogy. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, the the fact that he even tried to use those analogies, uh, right? Mm. I think he's trying to simplify the rationale between what, be, behind what he's thinking. Uh. Yeah. So, uh, and this is not an easy topic to to get around as well. Uh, and, and even if you go online and look, there's a lot of different opinions about it. Also, yeah, right? yeah. So, in some sense, I like it that he even threw this out there. And maybe... You know, contrary to what I was thinking earlier, maybe the hundred to five hundred dollar figure is the clickbait title uh, yeah. to get you to talk about it, uh, right? Yeah, to get the yeah. fact that we're talking about it. Because if it was a more rational number in the thousands or what, maybe it doesn't seem as it wouldn't trigger as many responses. Uh. But so it seems yeah. like the fact that we're here talking about it and there was a debate about it is that's what he wanted to to get. Uh. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. Because I mean, like if you look online, of course all the major news outlets covered it. But on Reddit, especially, a lot of people shitting on James Lim. Mm-hmm. They're saying, oh, I can't believe he has a PhD in economics and this is the standard of the opposition and all. Yeah. But I also feel like the 500 thing, I also think is a clickbait thing. Uh. Mm-hmm. And I mean, in some way, that's smart, lah, right? Yeah. If he proposed like uh, 5 to 10K, already it's a yeah. bit more like, mm, maybe. But yeah. five, 500 is almost ridiculous. Lah. Yeah, yeah. $500 is like, I mean, yeah. not to say it's nothing, but I mean, in the context of the amount of people, the amount that people lose in scams, find it was very, very sm- a small percentage of it. Like, yeah, right? yeah. But I mean, so essentially, this is like who is who should be more responsible, like, yeah, the bank yeah. or the consumer. Like. But can we drill into uh, what he the rationale, the rationale that he that you laid out mm. earlier? Uh, like I think the first one that he said was essentially like right, and we're yeah. we're, we're probably paraphrasing is that basically uh, when a scam happens. There are two victims, right? One yeah. is the the scam victim himself, and one is the big bank, right? Mm. And uh, the amount of money that you know, if it's borne by the bank versus if it's borne by the victim, that scam amount of money uh, is a much more painful thing for the victim, the the individual consumer, than it would be for a bank, mm. It'd be a drop in the ocean for them because it's you know their bank, right? They have a lot of money, so he's saying that based on that imbalance. Uh, there should be uh, we should look at you know uh, redistributing that pain right mm. between the two entities one being a very big rich entity the other one being an individual with less money for sure mm. so I, I, that's what I gathered from yeah, one yeah, of yeah, one his one arguments yeah. right yeah. yeah and then the, the other one that you were mentioning um, basically I mean uh, yeah like it's about not just fairly distributing losses about distributing responsibility because mm. I mean, he pointed out one line specifically in the in the press release about mm. the framework saying, all parties have responsibilities to be vigilant and to take precautions against scams. Mm-hmm. So again, paraphrasing, but what I got, he was saying that, uh, okay, it, it, it's hard to say 50-50 responsibility. Mm-hmm. Uh, because, yeah, there's, there's an argument about, okay, how much does this uh, money loss put a dent in the financial of the bank versus the consumer? Uh, and what, what the consumer can do about doing the scams because they can't say, you know what, I just want to do hardware tokens now. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, the bank doesn't support, right? Yeah. But if the bank wanted to change something, they can. So, yeah. in some way, the consumer is almost just, okay, you have to be vigilant within these parameters. Yeah, price taker. Yeah. Oh, that's the term. Uh, price taker. As in this what? Oh, uh, you're a price taker. Price, price oh, taker. Price taker. It means uh, whatever the price is given, uh, you yeah, take it. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. what... We always say about Singapore right, in global politics. Yeah, I just take, I just take, Whatever happens, just yeah, happens. Just take, like, just because yeah. we can choke uh, uh, tables with our back, you know, just just take anything that comes. Uh. No, I don't understand it. No, I thought you were saying okay. that price taker in the sense like whatever policies are set, we just follow. Or oh, you're saying literally Correct. like the price. 
No, 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 no. That that's correct. Like whatever yeah. happens, whatever the UN says is the resolution that needs to be passed. Yeah, la, Singapore. Okay, la, You know we we go there, we vote, but we're not gonna. You know we're not gonna oh, move thought, the needle. Also, oh, you're know? talking Singapore as an individual in yeah. in the context of the world. Yeah, yeah. yeah I thought correct, you meant no. Singapore citizens. Uh, anything you give, we just take. Uh. Uh, no, no. So yeah, la, It that trickles context, down, la. It trickles down. So uh. you know a. Uh, a consumer versus a bank, whatever the oh, bank yeah, decides, yeah, then you just take on the yeah, prices. So so so, so it's the joking thing again. No, I think what I was saying is that we are a price <laughs> we are a policy taker. Ah, okay, okay. Because we can do we have benefits of like you can choke a phone with your a table with your phone. La. Basically you you give and take. You accept policies that maybe you disagree with because you have all these perks of being in Singapore where it's over, like super safe and like stuff like that. Ah oh okay. I, I think I get it. Yeah, Sorry, yeah. I just had to call you out because you said Jameson's analogy was bad. So I was like, okay. You were calling me out. Right? You have a quota, <laughs> is it? Okay, I haven't called Harish out for something that is totally irrelevant to the discussion because no, no, it was no, an, an it was a sidetrack analogy. It's because you called Jameson out. You called Jameson Lima on his on his car and and child analogy thingy. So I was like, okay. Because okay, he was reading it off a prepared speech, okay, which okay, means yeah, yeah, that yeah, yeah. he had time to think. Okay, mm, does that make sense and all? <laughs> Yeah, Terrence, I don't have a speech for this. <laughs> okay, okay, it's okay, it's okay. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. Help. I think you explained it. Yeah, it's yeah. Fine. So where was I? Uh, see, see. Ah, uh, so basically, um, yeah. So, so he was. I mean, uh, another thing was also saying that there needs to be an incentive for gov- uh, for banks to do something mm, mm, because mm. now the framework. If you meet what you do, basically, overall, what the framework says is that okay, if the bank can prove that it did all it can within mm. its capacity. Mm then it's all on the consumer. Yeah. But if the bank doesn't do one of three things, then... Uh, split, la. Yeah, yeah, split. La. And the less things they do, mm. the more they have to pay. Yeah, yeah. So basically, yeah, as long as they check off these things, what the consumer, like, too bad, fuck it, we did what we tend to do, that's your problem, you pay for everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what he's saying is that that might not be the, the fairest thing. Mm. And I, I think to elaborate on that, uh yeah, there's an imbalance of resources, like, right? Yeah. Like a bank has a whole legal department and everything that can sit there and give you a ten page paper on what steps it took to prevent this scam happening. But this individual who got scammed doesn't have the resource, like, right? Yeah, yeah. So the bank can throw its legal weight behind an argument that hey, we did everything we could. Do. But the individual doesn't. Uh. So yeah. it's a bit of an imbalance. And 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 we we come from the personal experience of of, you know, being trapped in a sort of a a legal, not to say legal, right? But a legal tussle, kind of like with a much bigger corporation, where basically, yeah, they just you know hide behind the legal department, saying, "Oh, we can't do anything, can't do anything." And then you, as an individual, when you get screwed over, you're like, "Oh, what you do I do?" Taker, price, price taker, price taker. Yeah. You go and hire your own lawyer, pay out of your own pocket for your own lawyer, yeah. go and deal with your own losses, while they just happily delay the liquidation of of you know, of, of the of the entity for like years, right? Yeah, yeah. And you can't do anything about it. And so that that point I felt very like, oh, it's it's true. Mm. It's true that that um these big banks and telcos, they have the resources to really argue their way through these frameworks. Mm. Whereas an individual scam victim, you're already fucking stressed because of the scam. You're not gonna have the energy to go and Right, really going dig through like, like that, right? Yeah, yeah, and I totally forgot that in like that experience of ours. In some way, there is some mirrors relevance, lah. Yeah, right? mirrors this, right? Yeah. yeah, and I mean, for those of you who are new to this, basically, a few years ago, we made a TV show for Network. They liquidated, and then they still was like a few hundred thousand dollars. And yeah, during that time, we kept being told, lah, like mm. they did what they could do. Mm. Their hands are tight. Mm. It's all it's all under legal process now of yeah. liquidation, and you all have to go and talk. Go to Mauritius, is it Mauritius? Yeah, Mauritius. Yeah, go to Mauritius and talk to the lawyers there. Don't talk to us. Yeah, yeah. and I mean it was eye opening for us because we realized, oh shit, like this is the system. Mm. This the safeguards have been put in place. This company did whatever they needed to do, and that's how it works. Yeah, and we just take the fucking price, man. Price takers, man. Price taker. Yeah. So so yeah so I mean that context I think yeah like like a little relevant so at, at the end of it right that like um I think even Sylvia Lim shared that she was almost um uh, stuck with a scam uh like caught by a scam mm. over New Year's yeah uh, and she met some people at her and meet the MP session that uh were scammed by that same uh, fake DBS message mm. I think even Gerald Gerald Kiam mm. Gerald Kiam Gerald Kiam yeah. said that um. If we want to be a smart nation, we need to do better, mm, mm. Uh, there was not much re- uh, rebuttal. Uh, it wasn't like a 
back and forth like very intense thing. But going through that whole thing, listening to it and all online, like what 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 have you come away with there? Uh I, I the one thing that I thought it'd be interesting to talk about is the concept of moral hazard, right? Mm. And uh, you know, we're not economists by any measure, but my understanding of moral hazard is like if you if you do a lot to protect the victim, then end up the the victim will start thinking, oh, even if I screw up, doesn't matter, all right? Mm-hmm. The you know, Singapore government will take care of me. Then they will just anyhow go and click through any stupid link that's sent to them next time. Mm-hmm. So you are almost encouraging bad behavior by by trying to protect consumers from it. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people are using that as an argument like, oh, if we protect the individual scam victims and they only pay $500, then they're going to be incentivized to go and like do stupid things with their money. Or even in some extreme cases, you know, they get their friends together to, and then they tell, hey, you you scam me your money and then we'll go to the bank together oh, and yeah, we'll, split the, we'll yeah. split the money that we get from this and then, you know, everybody gets a bit of money. Yeah. What do you think of that uh, when they, people talk about the moral hazard? Mm, I mean, I, to a certain extent, I, uh, it is a thing, right? It is, uh, it is a thing. But in this case, I think that kind of downplays how people feel after getting scammed, mm-hmm. how people feel towards getting scammed or wanting to get scammed. Um, I think if it's five to hundred, uh, five hundred dollars max, that feels like okay, it's not the best thing yeah. because people will get complacent. But I think when I see arguments like that, that immediately shit on it or shit on James Lim thing, I feel it's like uh, then maybe it's less about the specific number, but about the philosophy behind it. Mm-hmm. And I do think that yeah, like you have to balance like. Of course, don't overprotect, but also don't don't make it seem like it's a wild, wild west. You know, every man for himself. Yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah. that's that's what I feel for you. Yeah, I think that the extreme scenario of like you pack out with your friend a bit and then you're going to scam the bank together, mm. uh, very unlikely, like, Right? Because uh, if you, especially if your friend is local, very easy to trace. But the truth is, all these scams mostly are happening across international borders. Mm. So it's it's highly high enough to coordinate this these uh things uh, right you know yeah. with especially if you're talking about international scammers and also i actually think that one is a bit of a red herring uh, right mm. you know to to pretend that that this scenario where this person comes up with a scheme to try and scam a local bank by getting his local friend to scam him or you know this i, I think that's a bit of ex- extreme uh, right and it's easier it's much easier to trace if someone tries to do nonsense like that uh, right mm. especially if they're both local so i think that one i feel takes that argument a bit too far. Um, but yeah, the the moral hazard aspect of things, like, like what you say, I think people don't take into account that uh, what a balls-dropping experience it is when you see money being wiped away from your account, right? Mm. Uh, and, and it's... Nobody... I think nobody wants to experience it at all. But the truth is, we... I... You know, you and I, we have literally met and talked to people who are smart... Uh, professionals working in the tech industry and things like that who have been scammed. Mm. Who have been scammed by the simplest of, of schemes using social media, posing as someone else and messaging you and asking you to go and buy some gift card from NTC. They've been scammed. And mm. we're talking about not tens of dollars or hundreds, it's thousands of dollars. Mm. They scammed thousands of dollars just off these simple things. And these are really smart you know, uh, degree holders and, and high positions in, in tech companies and things like that. Lah. So, I, you know, to, to just blanket, make it sound like it's, uh, you know, that, that, that we're incentivizing these, these uh, so-called stupid people to do more stupid things. Mm. I think it's, it's just too easily labeling it as like, uh, you know, only stupid people fall for these things. Like. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, then for a, like a less extreme thing, I see some people saying, okay, there's some merit there, but if someone... There's a different types of the scams. Like one yeah. is, I think, just like the, they, they hack and they steal your money. One is like you you do it yeah. uh, based on some social nudges from them or mm. something like saying, okay, you key in your account, you do this, you install this app. Yeah. So I think in those sort of instances, based on the current framework, the bank won't pay that much, if anything at all. Because mm. it's all the user doing, right? Mm. So some people are saying, there's, you can't guard against people's stupidity. Mm. Uh, and I mean, it builds on what you said. Like, like, I think nobody thinks they can be stupid. Nobody mm. wants to think they can be stupid. But we're all fucking stupid at times. Mm. Right? And I think, because like uh, this whole scam thing, one fact, right, that I also found out uh, thanks to Hazel Poir is that uh, for a study done last year, uh, mm. basically, 
uh, was done by, uh, it was revealed at the Global Anti-Scam Summit in Lisbon. The country that has the highest amount of money lost per victim, right, mm. is Singapore. Mm. Uh, it's 4,000 US per victim. Yeah, number 4, one. 4,000 US. Uh, 4,000 US per wow. victim. So that's the amount of scam per victim. La. I don't think it's a mm. total gross scam transaction mm. amount for any country. But you see that stat, you're like, oh shit, Singapore. And then we are like aging. Every country is like aging, but we are aging. Mm. We are very technically, technologically advanced, or at least we'd like to think so. Yeah. Everything is now moving to digital. Because mm. like years ago, there was that, that hard, uh, hardware token, thing, right? Uh, token, uh, yeah, and I mean, token. based on reading or trying to understand it, that it's still there's some risk because if you are dealing with a scammer over WhatsApp, uh, you key in the number, you can tell them the number, they're still there. Yeah, yeah. But it feels like it can reduce it quite a bit, right? Mm, but banks took it away because cost measures, right? Yeah, so even that one, I, I don't know whether it's firmly said, like confirmed that it was because of cost, uh, uh but I also did see some people on Reddit anecdotally saying they work in the banking industry, you know, and cost factor. I can honestly imagine it being a, a cost thing because as a bank, you have millions of customers, right? Yeah. These kind of things, they need maintenance, they need this. If you can shave a line item, well, why not? Mm. Uh, because there's a lot of, uh, yeah, a lot of things I read of people saying is that if you adopt Jameis's, uh, I mean, MP Jameis, let me, let me be a bit more formal. Mm, honorable honorable <laughs> member. Uh, honorable populist uh, Jameis Lim, yeah. yeah. If you adopt his thing, there'll be a lot of added costs. And it's like back in BMT, like one person fuck up whole platoon, knock it down, right? Mm. The added cost will be distributed to everyone in society. Then everyone will have to pay more for banking services, right? Mm. Um, and so they say, why should I be paying for someone else's stupidity, right? And that's not what I want. Um, that is very socialist idea and all. Mm. Um, but what what like when you hear the argument, because right? you I think you also saw it a lot online. Yeah, yeah, sorry, sorry. What what do you think of that? Ah, uh, I mean, in some way, don't we already do that to a certain extent for a bunch of things? Uh, I don't know what, but I mean, I mean, I I know one example. Uh, okay, like what's that, an example? Uh, airline safety, uh. like. I mean, in recent days, the Alaskan Airlines, a whole, uh, yeah, a whole yeah. blew out on a whole door, a whole window blew out of on a Boeing plane, right? And then all Boeing planes now, uh, all the, the that particular model of Boeing plane seven three seven Maxes, I believe, have been grounded, lah, right? Mm. And uh, a lot of investigation into airline safety and Boeing has come forward and said apology on that, lah, right? Uh, so yeah, I mean, if you are going to be flying a plane. If I told you that, oh, the, you know, ensuring the safety of this plane and everything is, uh, is going to cost extra, la, then you all have to pay a little bit more for, to, to ensure that we check all the planes and the bolts are tightened down. Cause that's literally something that, that, that they've discovered that some of the bolts are not tightened down properly, la, right? It costs a, uh, cost a bit more for everybody to have to tighten the bolts. Maybe you shouldn't do it, la, you know, you should just take the risk that the, that window might blow off the plane, la, mm. you know. But the one who is the who is the person who's stupid? The is not stupid. another passenger. Uh yeah, yeah, correct, correct. But I'm just saying that the cost is a there shared is, cost. Yeah, there's an added cost of ensuring the safety of everyone. But in that instance, you would not accept. I think most people would just accept, okay, it costs a little bit more. Even if it costs a bit more, mm. uh, we should we have to do it, right? And we have to do it and we have to ensure that the institutions institute uh these safety guidelines are right to yeah, make sure yeah. nothing like that ever happens especially even if it's one in a thousand or something like that there's uh, way too many already right yeah, yeah. so I in, in some sense I, I saw that as like if we look at your banking services as a you know in the context of uh, life and death kind of thing right and and money for a lot of people can be life or death mm. kind of thing uh, I, I think that's that's where we should look at it as opposed to thinking about oh I, I don't want to pay even a little bit more just because it protects uh, the stupid people from making, doing something stupid. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But then then to what extent <coughs> should we all be protected? Mm. Because that's mm. also something that we have spoken about, right? You know, like, let's say censorship. Okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, there's that whole notion of like, oh, free speech. You know? Even though I don't believe in complete free speech, I also feel sometimes, hey, you want to fucking censor this movie with homosexual tendencies because you think it's going to spread. People can think for themselves. Right? People can think for themselves. And that's something that I think generally people say, hey, don't baby us so much. Mm-hmm. But then when it comes to scam, they must baby us. Uh, so that's where I feel like, hmm, okay, there has to be a limit. What if, what if it is really 
on the owners of the customer la, and it's the consumer it's like okay this is a risk if you're crossing the road you have to look left look right so now mm-hmm. with banking you just have to do the equivalent of looking left looking right la. correct la. but then that's where even if you look left look right you could still get hit run over by an errant driver la, right mm. and then that's where the process of like CCTVs of traffic lights of you know, getting getting investigator to see what happened, right? Matters, mm. right? Uh, so that's what is is uh, happening. Uh, in, in some sense, that's a that's what's happening here, lah, right? Jameis Lim is saying that um, you know, whatever it is, if a pedestrian gets run over by a car, uh, and even if it's like slightly the pedestrian's fault and all that. Uh, you know, we should also understand that the pedestrian has to deal with much worse injuries than the driver of the car mm. going forward, la, right? So mm. the owners, we should actually, in fact, and that's what it is for driving, la, right? Like, as the driver, because of the danger that you pose to a pedestrian, or at least like the 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 effect that your car, uh, uh, um, you know, when you run over a pedestrian, like the effects are, are imbalanced, la, right? It's much worse mm. for the pedestrian than for the car driver. Mm. Uh, I mean, the car driver gets punished, uh, very much so, uh, right? Yeah. Uh, I mean, we can argue about the the level of punishment, but as your owners, as the drivers, you your eyes have to be on the road at all times, uh, right? Yeah. Um, pedestrian also has to, and there might be some liability, but because of the the imbalance in the effects on on the on the the person, and also there there still is is still incumbent on the driver to watch the road more carefully, uh. Yeah. And I mean, I'm also trying to think, okay, like, is this really populist? You know, like, mm. you want to be consistent, like you say, okay, don't BBS when it comes to like media and stuff. But um, then this one also, maybe, maybe it's better we all like, like, well, maybe not man up, uh, just like get more informed. Like. Mm. But then, but then even this year, right? Like um, certain interesting things that, so basically last November, OCBC launched a money lock. Mm. that restricts digital access to locked funds. Yeah. So at first I was thinking, hey, isn't this like a fixed deposit thing or something? Mm. But from what I understand, it's something that you can do it in your existing accounts mm. and you can do it on the spot. Mm. And to unlock it, you have to go to a branch or yeah. like something like that. La. And I think in a written reply, uh, Lawrence Wong said, uh, like replied to the parliament that uh, there were three, 38,000 bank accounts that activated this feature for OCBC mm. and 3.2 billion dollars worth of savings were kind of locked. Mm-hmm. So then I'm like, hey, shit. Okay. Then a few months ago also, there was uh, the announcement that telcos uh, will now offer uh, call blocking from international numbers. Mm-hmm. So when I look at this, I'm like, then I kind of think like, okay, if we really leave it for every consumer for himself, right, then the banks and the telcos are really, there's no pressure to do something. Yeah, it is. Yeah. yeah. So when you see things like this, these are quantifiable stuff I know last time we were shitting on OCBC, is it? Uh, for their malware kind of thing, like you cannot... Uh, you are not allowed to sideload like non-official yeah, apps like on that. Android phones. Yeah. Like, if you want to use the OCBC banking app. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So maybe we need to be more open to stuff like that. Because mm. when that bank, when OCBC tried to do it, wow, everybody was shitting on it. Of course, mm. you could argue on, uh, about the comms thing and all. But they did that and to their credit, this money lock thing uh, and the telcos, then I feel like, hey, shit, it feels like there can be stuff that is done. Mm. Uh, and if we really leave it for the consumer, I mean, okay, my, I have an elderly mom. Uh, I think she's quite cognizant about not getting pressure clicks, but there's always that fear, like, you know, when she tells me, oh, what is this thing that I see, this message, should I click? I'm like, oh, yes, please don't click. But you never know, like, people, even like me, right? Sometimes mm. I see this thing from NS portal, I'm like, I just click. That risk is there. Like. And mm. I do feel that the institutions need to be doing more and need to be incentivized to do more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, the track record in the past year hasn't been great, right? What the institutions, the way they've been handling the digital services. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I think we've talked about it like so much already about the, you know, the the shutdown of DBS yeah, services. Yeah. Uh, it, it very, it's very clear to me that it's not robust enough to to handle certain uh, things like that. Like, and, mm-hmm. and, the consequences can be quite catastrophic for people are uh, being stuck in a car park for you know the whole afternoon until they can't move their car out because they can't top mm-hmm. up their cash card things like that like, right yeah so yeah it tells me that it's inadequate like, whatever that then that whatever they're pushing in terms of the the robustness of the the digital financial services mm. 
And uh, yeah, I, I, I agree with you that more can and should be done to protect consumers. And probably in some ways, Jameis Lim starting this debate with a very clickbait number is a way, a wake up, a wake up call for consumers to be like, hey, you know, we should be a bit more aware of these things and whether institutions are being held to account mm. for these, uh, for these scams and all. Mm. So we are fucking populist. Eh? That's the thing. La. That's why I don't like also is that uh. anytime someone, uh, you know, wants to debate something that, I mean, you see on Reddit, you see online, and a lot of people are shitting on him and then getting so yeah. angry with him and all. And, a lot of it I see is like, yeah, I don't want to, I don't want to pay for any, you know, any person's stupidity and all that. And I'm like, yeah, like, you say that until it's your own mother or your parents or something yeah. who is the victim. Like, then it will see you on the other side, lor, you know? Like that day I was, I was waiting to pay for a dental appointment. Yeah. Then this lady at the counter, she was talking a lot to the receptionist. And then in my mind, I was like, hey, auntie, please, I just move on, blah, blah, blah. Then I think she had to do pay and the, the person said, oh, do you have pay? You can use your phone. She said, no, 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 I don't use phone. Mm. Reception, oh why? She said, because last week I cannot scam hundred thousand. Oh fuck. Then both me and the reception were like, what? Then you say, yeah. Then the receptionist was like, really? Hundred thousand? She's like, yeah. You look at the news, the article came out, that was me. Oh shit. Then after that she was saying like she just like uh and then now she's like her uh she has credit card bills, uh interest that is mounting, but she can't pay. Oh man. And then she said she just mentioned flippantly, like, you know, I also thought I want to end my life, lah, but cannot. Lah. Then I was sitting there, I was like, oh my god. And she just walked off by herself. And she's like um not like a business mogul. She's just like a regular auntie. Lah. Oh shit. And you never asked her to come on our podcast to talk about I mean, it. I, I figured if like <laughs> who the hell am I like um but it's just like um you see that and you're like, oh my god. Mm. Um and then yeah, that 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 same thing about like that whole yeah, like this kind of thing needs to be talked about because it is it is a problem. Like. Yeah. And I mean, like uh shit, I had my I had my thought just now, but I forgot. But uh, do you think it'd be you think the 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 perception of banks earning so much and all also plays into this? Definitely. I mean the fact, you know, the DBS bank CEO got paid so much, but mm. at the same time, record banking profits services, and all, yeah. record profits or the banking services were inadequate, like, right? Inadequately uh, maintained uh. Mm. tells you something uh, right you know mm. what is the priority within the, the bank or like what is the incentives uh, right for them to care about their common customers and all that uh. oh I remember my thought mm. uh, because like my first interaction with fraud was back when I was working at uh, in aviation right for the mm. airline mm. Uh, when I was overseeing like the e-commerce and all part of it was the fraud detection mm. there was a, a specific provider that provide like FDS like, fraud detection services yep, yep. and it's basically at the checkout and I do recall, and not to any fault of the company or any of the companies, there are certain things that as long as we implement, right? Mm. Okay, we are covered. Uh, I see. Did we really go out of our way to minimize fraud to like as close to zero as possible? No. Mm. It was a given estimate every month there'll be this amount of cases of yeah. fraud and yeah. we just have to accept it. Yeah. But by doing this, we do what the industry requires mm. and we meet the limit. Yeah. So when you look at this framework and you think about like what James Lim was saying, yeah, that's, to a certain extent, that is true. Mm-hmm. I can't. I I would assume that in banks is also. I mean, banks have to deal with regulations, shit ton of regulations. If they really want to philosophically do all they can to like uh, exceed every regulation, it's not possible, mm-hmm. right? So then they will just do okay. What is required? What is required? The government say okay, we solid, mm-hmm. and that is not good, lah. Yeah, yeah. And the the fraudsters are also getting more sophisticated, lah. Right. Ah. With their tools think, and everything. Did we talk about last time like Singapore is like a badge of honor for the scammers maybe? Or maybe it's mm. like the the hot, the the it girl. Like, you know? The most digitally connected society. Yeah. Like you said, aging population who's not uh, super digitally, mm. digitally literate yet, like, right? And a high trust in uh, institutions, maybe over too much, you know? And yeah, makes it an easy target. Like. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, you can imagine why there'll be a lot of pushback. First of all, banks increase costs. Mm. Then I was thinking like the the I remember last time the hardware device was a fucking pain in the ass. It was, uh, yeah, right? Yeah, it was. And then now I just bought something on Amazon that day. I didn't even need to get an SMS with the number. No. Yeah. I just click checkout and like thank you for your purchase. I'm like, how did that happen? Are you sure you didn't get scammed already? <laughs> I mean, I got the thing in the mail. Oh, okay. So okay, so, okay, okay. but in my mind, I'm like, oh shit. So for the consumer, though, I think now we're all spoiled, lah. Mm. You know, like uh, if someone, if we were to go back to having a hardware thing, I'm sure even I'll be like, oh shit, really? But maybe yeah. we need to be okay with just 
things not being as smooth. Yeah, yeah. I remember those know. those days of carrying a whole keychain on yeah, different tokens. Oh, right? yeah, 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 yeah. For then the battery died, you're like, oh, uh, yeah, yeah. shit. You gotta, uh, you gotta call them and get a new one and all. Yeah, yeah. but in some way, I don't know, now everything is about one-click checkout. One, make it as seamless as possible. Mm-hmm. I just feel like, oh, shit. And for, for e-commerce companies, that that's what they want, right? Yeah. Yeah, reduce friction between reduce friction. you and your you and money money leaving your wallet. Conversion rate go up. Yeah, it's yeah. just oh my god. But I mean, there are some people that say that uh, it's just a reality we have to get adjusted to because that's how business is operated in China. For example, everything is online. Yeah, everything is digital. You pay through WeChat and everything also. And um, yeah, it would be it be kind of naive for us to think that mm. you know we can stick the old ways in Singapore. But I think there's still differences, lah, right? I think, you know, because in Singapore savings levels and all that are a bit different from China and all that. So I think I think it's still it's still worth um examining it uniquely as our own problem rather mm-hmm. than saying, Oh, this is how they do it elsewhere, yeah. then that's why it's different here. And maybe it is an opportunity for banks to differentiate themselves. Because mm-hmm. honestly, if OCBC keeps rolling out this sort of anti scam thing, in my mind I would totally consider my mom's bank account yeah. move to OCBC. Oh, uh, okay. You know, maybe one bank should be like, you know what, fuck it. We're just yeah. going to go for old people. Everything they do is for elderly people. Mm. Like the app, the buttons are all damn big, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. And it's just friendly for the for the, for for people who are stereotypically susceptible to scams. It's like how Apple was marketing itself for privacy, right? Yeah. For a long time, the, the whole thing was about uh yeah, your your phone, your data, everything is much more secure with Apple than it is with the Android system. Yeah. And, and literally that's they're using that for marketing to sell phones to people, uh, right? And now I think people are more okay, we need to think about privacy. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so it's a to me it's like yeah, that 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 there is something to being the first mover and, and you know, really harping on it and doubling down on that, right? As senior all the bank ads, all old people. Yeah. As opposed uh. to, you know, live uh Bankless, live bank more. Less, exactly. Can you just fucking work on like security <laughs> of your app and everything? Then yeah. this bank will be, you don't have much of living left. You yeah, know, yeah. just enjoy while you can. <laughs> That's your slogan. Yeah, 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 yeah. We'll make sure you don't lose <laughs> your life savings. <laughs> yeah, That's right. yeah, you know, like live more and uh, yeah, still have your life savings. The last intact. 10 years will be the best years of your life. <laughs> yeah, with your life savings intact. <laughs> yeah. Just make it, yeah, yeah. Just uh, tell me that and then I'll, I'll feel much target better. Them. Yeah. Then I'll be like, you know what, mom? Uh, need to change your bank account. Just migrate yeah. over. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Please, some bank. Yeah. Do it. Do it. Yeah. Yeah. But but I mean, people, they mention like, these kind of things take political will to push yeah. through. Like, because at the end of the day, you know, like you, it, it, a lot of negotiations and everything with MAS and stakeholders and the banks. Political and these are big, you know, they have a lot of pockets and big, deep pockets and everything mm. to, to you know, push things through. Like, yeah. So remember, uh, next election, uh, think about that, huh? Well, what's that to do with the next election? I mean, that's, that's the thing, right? You know, you vote in who you want. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, honestly, yeah. it's one of those things, just like a slogan. Yeah, you yeah. vote in who makes a difference, but uh, yeah. it's a machine, man. Yeah. But I'm glad, yeah, James Lynn brought this up so that we, yeah. that even we ourselves also look at it, right? Yeah, man. Talk about it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that wasn't the only thing that was brought up in Parliament that uh, is about numbers and about, uh, you know, moving things around and, and all that and, you know, talking about who should bear the burden of certain things, like, right? There's mm. another topic also that was talked about in Parliament that also is a lot has a lot of people uh, affects everyone also, like, right? Mm. What is this topic? Um, like? around the bus service one six seven, which I don't think we have spoken about. Uh, we we mentioned uh, or we considered it. So mm. basically, uh, it was announced that bus one six seven, which the route is pretty damn extensive, like. It the LTA announced last year that it was going to be discontinued on December 10th. Mm. And then shortly later, they made a U-turn and announced its reinstatement on November 28th. Yeah. Uh, and then it's just that it will be operating less frequently. Mm, mm. Like more more limits. So basically, there was a question about, oh, you know, why was this done? And like, well, like well, the rationale and the impact and all. So be, there was a written reply uh, mm. by Hong Tat uh, who said that the by reducing the frequency of bus service one six seven to one trip every thirty minutes, mm. the amount of subsidies required to run it has dropped from six point two million to three point six million, which yep. is basically two point six million yeah. of subsidies uh, that are saved. Yeah. Uh, so basically, yeah, it was Gerald Giam who asked about the rationale for reinstating the service, the cost, mm. and whether it offers grounds to reinstate other discontinued services. Mm. Mm. So I mean. 
basically a lot of the articles they covered it from the angle of like okay it is an annual uh, saving um, of 2.6 million and it was also based on the traffic for the MRT mainly mm. the Thompson East Coast line that served like a similar-ish route having yeah. tripled la. yeah so they did that in accordance la. but still a bit polarizing I guess mm. Uh, mm. but what made you want to talk about this uh? um I mean it's quite a even when the whole thing happened I think in November December where they announced that they would be cutting the whole bus service and I think there was a bit of a you know uh, uproar from the people who use the service and I think like 10 days later 11 days later they saw you turned mm. and then decided that they will reinstate the service but with reduced frequency uh. mm. when that whole thing happened I was really like oh wow it shows you the that someone at LTA is listening to public feedback mm. and I thought okay good on LTA in the sense that they reacted fast to public feedback and and uh, you know, without even extending it or trying to justify it for very long, they decided they relooked it and then very quickly decided to reinstate the bus service. Mm. So in that sense, I thought that was quite uh, you know, quite a fresh thing. Because usually in Singapore, like we said, we're price takers, right? Something is decided and then you sort of just oh, well. uh you gone grumble about it for a while, but you just have to move on with it. Wow. But this one it seems like they've they took their feedback and then they came up with uh, some kind of compromise in the middle. Uh, they don't bring yeah. it back in the same way it was, but uh, reduced frequency. And mm. uh, yeah, it's it's it was a good thing. So I think that's why I was, when I read about this being dis- discussed in parliament and them putting an actual figure to how much money they actually, uh, the subsidies, the less subsidies they have to dole out because of reducing the frequency. Uh, I thought it was interesting. Mm. What about you? Like why, why was this interesting for you? Uh, I mean, just in terms of like the the angle of the justification, mm, because mm, mm. I like I remember when this was first announced back in December. I was like, okay, lah, like there is this new MRT coming up. Yeah, like the the lines also change, lah. You know, the bus lines have never stayed stagnant, right? Yeah. So we have to also accept that certain lines. I've been subject to like buses in the past. I was taking or not um uh, continuing anymore, and you're like, okay, lah, fuck it. But provided there's an alternative, like mm-hmm. I I don't use this bus, but yeah. I'm not, and I'm not so sure about the alternative. But I just found it weird. The angle was like very cost, two point six million in subsidies, and then I was also confused about what the hell are these subsidies. Mm-hmm. And before this podcast, you were kind of explaining what you gathered, yeah, uh, which is what, uh? Uh, and this one is completely uh, own my own understanding of it. Mm. I'm not an expert. I think there's a lot of people who probably can explain it better. But my labor's understanding of it from reading as much as I can through people's other other people's explanations mm. of it is that uh, when you when you tap in and out of a bus, you are essentially paying LTA uh, for the, that bus fare, say a dollar fifty. Mm. Uh, but to operate the bus route, LTA. Uh, gets contracts with these bus operators all right, and pays these bus operators a certain uh, a certain price, a certain uh, amount to maintain that bus route. Uh, so LTA collects the money on the bus fare, but it has to pay the operator the bus route. So if your fare at $1.50 does not cover the actual cost of running the bus route, which say it's like $2, so LTA subsidizes that, that 50 cent shortfall uh, every year, right, of mm. running a bus route. So that's what they mean when they say that reducing the frequency of this bus route uh, saves saves 2.6 million subsidies. I think that's what it means in the sense that it costs less to operate the bus route now, right, because it's fewer, less frequency. So with the, they they have to pay less subsidies for it, right? Mm. So that's, the, that's what I gather from the whole process of uh, saving uh, money and subsidies uh, for for uh for LTA la, right when they reduce the bus bus route yeah yeah and I mean so, so I mean okay that makes sense ultimately it still sounds like okay it's a subsidy for the common consumer mm-hmm. right for for the for the right la, for yeah. that right so then I was thinking okay like the focus on money um it's because of the question that was asked by Gerald uh, Gerald which is the rationale for reinstating its expected costs mm. and whether it offers grounds to reinstate other discontinued services. So the more I read it, the more I'm like, okay, la, I can sort of understand. And I think these articles all just make, like focus on things that uh, make it a bit too, like easy to shit on. Mm. But for, mm. like for you, the more you read it, like, like 
uh, I think there was some criticism of this, uh, this justification using yeah. cost, right? In yeah. the sense that even if they save this 2.6 million in subsidies because of cut, uh, you know, reducing the frequency of the bus, it, it, there, it means there'll be more people taking the MRT and the MRT rights are also subsidized. Mm. So the more people taking the MRT, then the, they still, that subsidy that you, the amount of money that you save from reducing the frequency of the bus goes towards subsidizing those people taking the MRT. MRT. So, and we don't know how much that subsidy is. Yeah, we don't know how much it is. Yeah. Until the, you know, maybe when there's more data and everything. So it's kind of, uh, people are saying that it's, it's this, this justification like is so like, um, not say useless, but soulless. It's just a figure that uh-huh. doesn't really mean anything or tell us anything about how much you save uh, versus, you know, the people riding the 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 MRT instead and all that, lah, right? Mm. Because at the end of the day, you cut the subsidy here, the the it goes elsewhere, lah. It has to go elsewhere to subsidize something else, mm. more you know, maintaining MRT more because there are more people riding it and things like that, lah, right? That is true. So that's what people are saying, criticizing this justification that when you just look at it at, at with dollars and cents, uh, it it it's almost like it just this gives a very um incomplete picture of 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 the real benefit uh, or or you know or, or non benefit to consumers like. Whereas, I think just trying to think of it more is like, uh, you know, are people ready for this change? Because when you change a whole bus route, I think one of the reasons a lot of the people are petitioning for this bus route to come back is saying that. There are a lot of seniors who use this bus route to go to their medical appointments, for example, because I think it goes from Sembawang all the way to CBD area yeah, and all. Yeah, yeah. So to get them to switch to just using MRT is not as simple, right? Because mobility issues, because, uh, you know, maybe some of them just don't know the route as well and they take a bit longer and they, they might get lost and things like that, right? So this transition, maybe, I think people are just saying that Yes, there can be a transition, but maybe not so immediate, lah. And right, and g- at least give people some time to get accustomed to it, lah. Right, mm-hmm. you know. And and I think this was the compromise that was reached, uh, you know, after in that U-turn, uh, that LTA did, where okay, lah, we'll reduce the frequency to one every thirty minutes. So you go and j- judge for yourself is if it's still worth waiting that thirty minute, waiting extra like ten minutes for your bus, or like even just trying out the MRT or what, lah. Right. Mm. So so that's that's what I think. Um would have been better to help frame the frame this discussion also like right like yeah. like the reasons why they they did the U-turn and, and did this uh, rather than just talking about dollars and cents like, right yeah because I'm looking at the actual reply uh. yeah. um, basically yeah Gerald Grum went and this is on the the MTA uh, MOT website Mm-mm-mm. so then the reply by Cheong Tat is um, you know point one optimize land bus resources uh, then talk point two talked about the nature of the route, um, mm. and the shortening and how it uh realizing that it affects they made it reduce frequency. The third and fourth paragraph is mm. immediately as a package these changes have achieved a total annual cost saving of five point one million. Mm. This amount is reallocated to support new bus routes and feeder services for commuters from new housing estates in different parts of Singapore. Mm. The annual subsidy required to operate the service was six point two million by reducing mm. it goes and these are this is highlighted on the website. Okay. So then, I totally agree with you in the sense that it feels like... Okay, so I think now, basically, a lot of Singaporeans, or uh, at least like I feel, and I assume other people feel, there's almost this very transactional nature of these policies or decisions mm-hmm. that are made. Uh. Let's assign a dollar value or a percentage and use that to justify. Mm-hmm. And if we put it out there, people will understand. Mm-hmm. But I think in this case, like, Someone who reads it, if take take the bus, because there are certain buses now that I take that I love, lah. Yeah. If you just continue, and all you tell me is like, okay, it reduces subsidies for you for two point six million. I'm like, I don't like how how does it affect me, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But if you tell me, and if you focus that, okay, these new routes, these plans, these, 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 then I'll be like, okay, lah. I can sort of see our roads. If we want our roads to evolve, if we want our thoughts towards transport to evolve, then mm. things have to evolve, lah. Yeah, yeah. I think one thing I have to really point out is that. Even as we discuss this, right, we're yeah. only scratching the surface of this. Uh. There are people who go into much greater detail, breaking mm. down all these things. Uh. Oh, the- and I'm sure there are, you know, within LTA and whatever, there are people who really calculate, do really this complicated cost-benefit analysis, uh, right? Yeah. Of like, uh, you know, the the ridership and then, you know, how much it costs for each of them versus the MRT ridership, blah, blah. And it's damn complicated, uh, this stuff. Yeah, and yeah. it's probably only the, these 
people who really have all the data and are experts in all these kind of analyses that can do it properly and really understand this cost-benefit analysis. But yeah. that's why I say that as a politician, the job is to, you know, take all that data and all that research and convert it into something that, that people understand. Mm-hmm. And it boils down to like, like what you're saying, very, very, how does it affect me? Kind of like mm-hmm. uh, thinking. And a lot of people are like, I mean, if I pay the taxes and I, and everything in and there are, and MOT's job is to, you know, subsidize all these all these rights for me as well. Uh so why 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 should it affect me like about how you allocate the thing? Like, if it, and and I have a justification to get angry because like, I still pay the same taxes, all right. Mm. But now you're you're allocating it to someone else or somewhere else. But just, then, just fact, yeah. but then maybe people just need to accept la. It's not all about them, Darren. Price sticker, price sticker, price sticker, yeah, 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 price sticker. Yeah, yeah. No, but I mean that's why I, I, I again I, I said I was quite pleasantly surprised that there was a they it seemed like they heard the feedback yeah, very quickly yeah. and you turned very quickly on that. La. Yeah. And uh, it's the same thing with like when we talk about banking services or that, like cutting a lot of the physical banking services or reducing the the number of ATMs and all that so quickly was really something quite jarring, like, I think, for a lot of people. Mm. And uh, there, there, there needs to be a bit more thought into, you know, how to how to gracefully transition people, uh, you know, or weaning them off certain services and all that, right? Yeah. Rather than, oh, okay, cost-benefit analysis, is, uh, this doesn't work anymore. Let's just cut it, you know? Yeah. So, I, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think what you're saying also is that you don't disagree with the decision. Yeah. It's just how it was packaged, right? How it's being packaged here, like, yeah, you know, for example, same, how they ex- how what they choose to highlight and explaining it and all that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So and I mean I was thinking maybe for this one month, like just Chi Hong Tat, you sit on the bus every day for <laughs> one day. <laughs> and you just have this little seat. All right. Yeah. Ask the MP. You know, you ring the bell. Yeah, one yeah. is the bell to open a door. One <laughs> is bell bell for a question, like, you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we, we meet the people <laughs> session on the bus. <laughs> on the bus. <laughs> oh la, how badass will that be, man? Yeah, it will, it will. Meet the people. But I think I can imagine if you're working in the civil service listening to this, you're like, I had these two idiots don't know how difficult it is, you know. Totally understand that if you want to slow down the rollout of cost cutting measures and all, mm. uh yeah, it 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 then it becomes like, okay, is it worth let's just do it, let's just move on, so many yeah. things to care. But I think at this point, like like what you said, as a politician, you also need to communicate the changes in a way that almost helps you in the long run. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Now it feels like okay, everything is a cost, like, Everything is a line line item, and yeah, not disagreeing with his decision, but it just feels like hey, uh, yeah, it felt weird. Like this, this release, they highlight those two things specifically. Yeah. yeah. On the website, on the MOT website. Yeah, doesn't like like what you said. Doesn't the man on the street reading it wouldn't understand how it benefits yeah. them? Like, oh, you reduce subsidy here, but what does that mean, like? You know? <laughs> you know what the thing that I see, which I totally don't blame, although two point six million, that's like two ministers pay. Yeah. <laughs> or how many mayors does it take yeah. to, <laughs> to save 2.6 million? <laughs> That's, why. That's why. And the moment it goes down to that, uh, you're like, hey, shit, people are no longer looking at the facts, really. Like. Yeah, and that's the thing. It's the sentiment. Uh. Yeah, you, use, you use numbers to yeah, describe everything. Okay, then people, okay, yeah. like, we use numbers to talk about it. Like, yeah. yeah. So it's like, you're shooting yourself in the foot, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Even though, yeah, they, they actually did something that I thought was... was you yeah, know, it com- makes sense. Things are evolving. Like, yeah, you know, yeah, like, yeah. And I think, what, six new train stations on the TEL are going to be re- opening Q1 or something? Yeah. yeah. Like, it's, it's, I mean, you look at the line now, you're like, oh shit, it's the real spider web. Like, you know? mm, correct, correct. So yeah, it's about the optics, man. The optics. The optics. But yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Speaking of optics, uh, so what is your one show comment? Why don't you go seen? first? I think, I think you will, uh, <laughs> hmm? okay, no, no. You, you. I feel you would have a uh, something to to. What's your favorite comment? Uh, no. I mean, just just like I said, now I'm a bit more you know active in comments. At least when the the our videos or podcast first come out. Uh, so I think on uh, the latest uh the latest episode four seven eight on YouTube, mm. there's a lot of um a lot of interesting comments. Are right about uh about um what we talk about ministerial salaries like, right mm. and asking people i think the the big discussion was asking did anyone think that <laughs> the ministerial salary salaries ministerial salaries might trend downwards because yeah. of, of when when you see this article like. and uh yeah actually there's a yeah there are a couple of people who actually come forward and say they also felt like harish like, like where where maybe it, it, 
it could possibly go down down like, right mm-hmm. um but yeah so i mean just to highlight uh a couple of the the comments are right like where um i think edward edward xad said when i first read the news agree with terence no thought of salary cut at all only ways up if it goes down Singapore has reached enlightenment. Mm. So he says, he adds that Harish should be our minister. You're way advanced in your thinking and ideals. Lead us forward, man. <laughs> uh, then, yeah, my, yeah, my reply was like, yeah, but Harish is just a populist. La. <laughs> Fucking hell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, see, like in the last podcast, Terrence said he'll reply. He has been replying like a, like a, like a badass. Yeah, yeah, uh, but yeah, yeah, then he just takes stabs at me. La. I mean, there was another comment also on YouTube. Um, H is more of an idealist slash marketeer, but T is more down to earth. Mm. H's mm. bet has a slim possibility. If this is being used to compensate for recent scandals, inflation, GSEX, and I'm coming, agree, this is a conver- uh, conversational podcast and both of you should be more engaged with the YouTube community. Oh yeah, so that was yeah. second. Thing. But I mean, yeah, like I, I did also see some people say they had the same sentiment. And again, mm. I will say that by reading it, I'm like, okay, there's no way it's going to go down. And someone on Reddit also said, you know, like... um. It's it's too idealistic, mm. but then my response is, yeah, I would say I'm an idealist. I'm mm. I'm I idealistic, and in some way, of course. I mean, you know, I idealist for a certain thing, yeah, for certain yeah, things, yeah, yeah. right? Yeah. That, I'm when I look s- up idealism, okay. synonym of idealism on Google, oh, okay. oh naivete comes up also. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> I think everybody can do a with a bit of idealism in their lives. Oh, okay, okay, right? Everybody can do it with a bit of idealism, yeah. and. Just thinking about it, if no one is expecting it, can you imagine if they do something that goes against what people are expecting? Political mm. points, yo. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm just saying, like, I'm just happy that people came out to uh, rebut Terence's assumption that there'll be one out of a hundred. Uh, so yeah, so thanks for coming forward. But yeah, like, I also enjoy people coming forward. And now it's a poll. Yeah, but There's political points, political points can exchange to pay for GST you know? can 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 you pay for higher higher the, cost of, of real estate and, and can reinstate one six seven lah with oh, all the pay the ah, political, yeah, but, like, but political points for the individual cannot be used for subsidy you use uh, the U card you know or the U card the, the, <laughs> the nobody nobody but you, you yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, okay, yeah. but I mean yeah, like, it's just something that I was like okay it's not full that's the point of the yellow butt man political butt. points my goodness wow. hey, don't don't give me this okay <laughs> Like now you look at the world when shit happens you never know where things come from right I'm just saying like okay. uh, yeah again it was a fleeting thought but okay, it was yeah. a thought nonetheless yeah, yeah. but good, uh, good to see that, uh, that there are people who are also so idealistic about it and, and it means need, not all hope is no hope is lost we, we need some idealism in life man yeah, so right I mean for, now yeah. that there's a there's a poll I mean like uh, my one show comment was the, the one that I mentioned just, mm. It was a previous, something similar also, but the, that one where they say, I'm a marketeer and you're more down to earth. Huh? Mm. Uh, and then I was a poll on Reddit. Do you think yeah. there's any chance the minister's salary will go down? Yeah, yeah. Please, yeah, uh, please go and vote on yeah. it. Yeah. I mean, they also put, do you agree, Harish, that we can give them the benefit or the doubt that there's a possibility they might? That's a bit of a brushstroke. <laughs> okay? I didn't give them the benefit or the doubt. <laughs> okay, they, in the, yeah, like, just go vote, just go vote. Yeah. Uh, let's go for it. Okay. Mm. Uh, and then, the one show thing. Yeah. Uh, you want to go first? Yeah, sure. Um, I recently came across this website called neil.fun. So, mm. N-E-A-L dot fun. And it's mm. run by this guy called Neil Agarwal. Mm. And basically, you click on it. It's a bunch of fun little, like, um, I want to say games, but interactions, like, you know, just now I mentioned that that thing, you know, like how big is the universe really? How deep is the ocean? Yeah. And like, yeah. so he makes stuff like that. Mm. So if you go to the website, it's just like stuff he's been doing since 2000, like the best ideas that he has created since 2007. Okay. So like if you click on paper, it just has a button that says, okay, you have a piece of paper, it is 0.1 mm thick. Then there's a button fold or unfold. When you mm. fold it, it just takes you all like visually, just very simple pictures of how high your fold gets. Uh, like once you reach 20, 20 plus folds. Uh. So his whole website is these little, little things. And when I read up about him, right, mm. I love his his thought process. He's like a 25-year-old coder in the US. Okay. And he was saying that when he was growing up, he was at the tail end of the internet where, or the, the internet where there was no social media mm. and mm. every website mm. looked so different from each other. Mm. And it was, the internet was really a blank canvas where people created shit. 
Yeah. Now with social media, any expression you do online is still within these parameters. Mm. So he does this as a way of like just preserving what he loves about the internet. And now I think he's doing this full time because uh, he does stuff like the password game, I think got like 10 million hits within the first month. Mm. Uh, and and I just love what he does. It's all very simple things. Mm. Uh, and there's an article that I will link to that that talks about how why he does this lah. Like yeah. he said, he just wants to preserve the belief that you know the internet is a blank canvas and anyone can be like an artist on it in their own way. They don't have to. There's something very magical about not just doing stuff on Facebook or YouTube and all that. You just treat the internet blank mm. canvas, build your own little space online lah. So this Neil dot fun fun f u n. I see, I see. Okay. Yeah, he's awesome. But that means that means he is he on like social media also. He's on Twitter. He's on Twitter, okay. Yeah, okay, so right, he right. posts little little gifs of what he does. Then he has a newsletter. He has buy me a coffee. Uh, uh he worked with M S H C H F for a while. That company in the U S that we have spoken about that they do like pranks uh, as a business. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, and then he's decided to do his own thing. Uh. Interesting. Yeah, it's yeah. a fucking cool website, man. Yeah, it really reminds me of the... Ah, those kind uh, of flash animation yeah, days, yeah, right? Yeah, 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 those so days. I think recently he's doing like the uh, the history of the internet or something. So he, mm. another thing, Wonders of Street View, you click and it just goes through screenshots from Google Maps that capture weird moments. Yeah. Like a bunch of elephants uh, 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 taking shit under a tree. Mm. Mm. So it's fucking cool. I love it. I love it. Ah. But yeah, what about out, what about you, man? Um, there's a trailer for a show, uh, ad- adaptation of a show mm. that came out recently, The Three Body Problem. Mm. The trailer is out on Netflix, and uh, yeah, it's got 10 million views. Came out two days ago. Mm. It's a very famous uh, novel by a ch- uh, sci-fi Chinese sci-fi writer. Mm. Um, that uh, yeah, I read the book. And now the Game of Thrones creators are adapting it as a Netflix Game series, of Thrones uh, creators? Executive producers? They are called the creators of the show. They're not the writers of the book, but they created the show, right? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, the trailer's out. It looks pretty interesting. Yeah. I think it'll be more entertaining than the book. You know, it's a great like story. I mean, the I think the ideas in the book are pretty amazing. But I'll admit, I had a very rough time getting through reading the book itself, like as an experience of reading itself. Mm. But the ideas that came out of it were quite mind-blowing. So I'm excited for this because, yeah, I think if anybody can take really um, maybe dry, maybe uh, not not the most exciting material, and make it something palatable for the screen. I think these guys are the Game of Thrones guys. For five seasons. Like, for five seasons. Six seasons. I think the moment there's no like source material, source material that is set in place, like how it was on Game of Thrones season yeah. seven and eight, like, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then it sort of goes off the rails already, like, right? That is yeah, true. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Because then, then they 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 go back to a lot of TV uh, writing, TV writer you know? tropes and all that, like that you know that that don't work the best for such an expensive story like like Game of Thrones, where mm-hmm. you every loose end needs to be tied up somehow, like, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think the three body problem, you know. Uh, uh, I wasn't that hot on the book, but I, I love the ideas inside of it. So I'm interested to see how this goes. Like, yeah, yeah. I also saw the trailer. I was like, oh shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Why don't you read the book first, lah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to yeah, try. Yeah, I want to yeah, try. Yeah, the, try. The, the, but the, tra- the thing is coming out in March or something, right? The show. Yeah. Is it coming out in March only? Like it feels yes, like it's March be something to March twenty first. Participate together, la. So you have to read the book before then, uh, Yeah. <sighs> I've only read the first one. Uh, I've heard the other books are so much better, but mm. the first one. Took me a while to get through, I'll admit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool, man. Yeah. Awesome. All the links in the show notes as always. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's that's it for today. Awesome. Cool. And remember, if you enjoyed this podcast, it'd be great if you could share it with at least one person who may not have heard of us. Mm. Subscribe, turn on notifications, and email us if you want to work with us at contact at ministryoffunny.com. Yeah. Sweet. Bye-bye.